With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay. Uh, your Tom Lugan bill with ESPN interview is brought to you by Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoor. That's where you go to get the Easy Go Golf Car. For your home and neighborhood, hunt and camp, manufacturing facility, Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoor. Go see Benji Nelson and Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoor in Memphis, Jackson, and the Mississippi Gulf Coast. We welcome in Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He called uh, Southern Cal UCLA last weekend. And then this Friday night, he has Texas and Texas Tech on ABC primetime. Luke's, did I get that right? You got that right on both accounts. Okay, yeah, I was watching the game. Um, and and uh, I watched Southern. So I was in Startville. That game was okay. over early. And yeah. and then we, we did the whole bourbon steak thing. I watched you on TV with Southern Cal and UCLA. Entertaining game, by the way. Um, I know, right? Golly. And, and by the way, your tribute... To the coach that you knew. Yes. Well done, Tom Luganmill. Thanks, man. In fact, let me speak on that for just a second. So um, most people won't know this, but there are assistant coaches out there that are like of legendary status. Guys that just, they became the best at their craft, no matter what they did. And everybody wanted to hire them. And he was one of those guys. And I had the good fortune of being a young coach working on two staffs with him. And, I mean, this is somebody that was on John McKay's staff for 16 years, won four national championships. Now, how about this? And you tell me if you've ever heard this, heard of this before, Bo. This coach's name is Dave Levy. He ended up passing away at 91 last week. During his 16-year tenure at USC under John McKay, he was, an, he was a paid assistant coach that coached every single position on the field at some point during his tenure. Wow. 
Meaning one year he was the offensive line coach, one year he was the corners coach, one year he was the tight ends coach, one, and I'm not saying it one year at a time, but sure. over the span of 16 years, I've never even heard of that before. Like I've literally never even heard of something like that before. And he just made a great uh, impact on me as a young coach. And, and uh, you know, it's interesting because, you know, at SC, and, and you're a, a, a Southeast guy, and, you know, on the West Coast, you grew up, uh, you were Pac-8, Pac-10, Pac-12, and, like, you know, SC was the Alabama of the West Coast. Sure. Right? So everything was SC. And, um, and so uh, what a legendary figure – uh, for the University of Southern California. And uh, so I just, our, our, our producer was good enough to allow me to do that. And thank you for recognizing it, man. He was just uh, had a profound impact on me as a young coach. Well, that's what it's all about. And, and I thought it was a wonderful tribute. So, uh, and you, you had a really good game too. Um, yeah. Great good, game. And what a win for, for Chip Kelly and, and UCLA. Uh, what's mm-hmm. wrong with, before I get into Mississippi State and Ole Miss real quick, let, let's hit this and then because this is big enough brand, like you just said, Southern Cal and Lincoln Riley, mm-hmm. um, Tom Luganville on the Out of Bounds show and the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. What is wrong with Southern Cal, Luke's? Well, if you just look at it strictly from a personnel standpoint, they are so bad on defense. And I'm not just talking scheme. I'm talking players. And when I say so bad that – we're, we're talking about amongst one of the worst power five defensive football teams on the hoof that you will see. And we're talking about USC. Now, the issue with that is I think a lot of it is that, you know, this has been a pattern of Lincoln Riley going back to what he inherited at Oklahoma. And from when he took over the job there and has taken this job, the common denominator has been the same. There's, there's been no investment on the defensive side of the football. There's been no investment in recruiting on the defensive side of the football, particularly up front. And, you know, last year with SC, you know, they went 11-1, and one, all right? They still had the same horrendous defensive football team. The only difference was last year they were plus 22 in turnover margin. Guess what they are this year? Minus three. Yeah, you can't so, replicate that year to year, as you know. You can't replicate that. And now the problem is, no matter how good Caleb Williams is, he can't save you anymore. And there's only so much that he can do. And how about this one? Lincoln Riley started off 11-1, and one, all right? If you go back to the Pac-12 championship game last year, up until this weekend, he is now 7-7 seven and seven in his last 14. Good grief. So you've got a new athletic director who did not sign him to that contract. There doesn't seem to be any type of leadership or foundation in terms of the program as a whole. There is on offense, clearly. Um, but there doesn't seem to be the same attention to detail and, and foundation and principles in the other areas of the program as a whole. And I, I'll tell you, man, it ain't looking good. If you look at their Big Ten schedule next year. I saw that. <laughs> oh, they play LSU and Notre Dame out of conference. They still have to play UCLA. And then they've got a bunch of teams in the Big Ten that they've got to play in cold weather climates on the road. Mm. Like they could be looking at a four and eight, three and nine, because they're not going to have Caleb. They're terrible in the offensive line. <laughs> they aren't an effective football team running the ball, and they oh. can't play defense. Oh man, they're going to have to go. He's going to have to reshape his staff and go in the portal 
and hope that he hits with a 60% bus rate. Good luck with that. And yeah, good luck. And like you said, going to a conference, new conference and the two non-cons are brutal. Okay. Uh, Tom Luganville with ESPN joining us on the out of bound show. He joins us on the farm bureau insurance guest line. Lugs. Um, let's talk golden egg Thursday night in start Mississippi state is now on their second interim coach in the last 12 months. They have Greg Knox there. Ole Miss is a two touchdown favorite. I think they should be. Um, I think this, this one could get out of hand. Handicap this one for me. How do you see this one playing out in Starble? Well, I think anytime you have a rivalry type of game, right, anything can happen and you need to expect anything to happen. And you better be prepared to play, especially if you're a heavy favorite. I think that's what would worry me if I'm Lane Kiffin because of the expectation of what you're supposed to do. And sometimes that expectation of what you're supposed to do can seep into and transform into it's going to be easy to do. And that's a problem. Um, that was a problem in Jordan-Hare Stadium this past weekend for the Auburn Tigers. And, um, you know, I think when you have uh, a team like Oregon, Oregon State that are going to be playing, Washington, Washington State's going to be playing, you are heavily favored, but the other team's going through some turmoil. All they have is each other. They've got everything to gain and nothing to lose. That's tough to coach against, man. And I think that what these types of games reveal is where your leadership is. I'm not talking about from a coaching standpoint. I'm talking about from a playing standpoint. And what is your maturity level? Because you're right. On paper, on the surface, on the hook, this should be a no contest. But Both coaching and players, Tom. Exactly. But oftentimes when it looks and appears to be that way, that's what psychologically is the most difficult thing to coach against. And I think that Lane Kiffin's primary job this week is getting his kids ready to play. It's not worrying about whether they stack up. It's not worrying about whether they can create mismatches. They can do all of those things. It's are your kids going to be ready to play? Are they hungry? Do they have a chip? Do they have passion? Are they focused? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Those would be the things that worry me the most when you're having a game like this. This is a totally different mindset if you've got a nine and two Mississippi state going up against a nine and two Ole Miss. Now you're not having to worry about any of that other stuff. The kid, it, the, the, the focus and the preparation takes care of itself because of the opponent. All right. So have you ever called a, a golden egg game? Luke's? You know what? It's funny. I have not. I've called just about every opponent that either Mississippi state or Ole Miss would have 
but I haven't called them together. Yeah, I mean, you've been to Vault Hemingway and Davis Wade many oh, yeah. a times. Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've had some of the best, some of the best environments in all of the college football places that I've been over the last ten years on the field have been at Wallace Wade. In yeah. terms of, wait, did I just say Wallace Wade? Davis Wade, yeah. Davis Wade. I just said the Duke Stadium. What am I doing? <laughs> uh, Davis Wade say because of that closed that closed in end zone with the Cowboys, the Cowbells. It's unlike anything else in college football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jackson Dart. Um, Lane had said last week he was coming back. Then they talked about after the game that uh, Jackson Dart hasn't decided. Um, He is a phenomenal quarterback. um, And he can do so many different things. But I I still think he needs another year. How do you see it? I think he absolutely needs to come back, and I think he needs to look at the trajectory of Bo Nix. He needs to look at the trajectory of Michael Penix, and I think it would be really smart for him to acknowledge the fact that the older and more experienced you are, the better football you're going to play, and the more you're going to, in my opinion, improve your stock. I, I think that the NFL has seen enough uh, Mitch Trubisky's of the world, Mark Sanchez's of the world, guy uh, Le- Trey Lance's of the world that have started 13 games, 18 games, and those guys aren't panning out, right? It's it's the guys that have played a lot of football. It's the guys that have had a sustained high level of completion percentage have started um you know it used to be the old bill parcells he'd say i want a quarterback that started a minimum 30 games won a minimum of 23 of them mm-hmm. who has completed a minimum of 60 at that time 63 percent of his passes that number would be expected to go up now has at least a two to one if not three to one touchdown interception ratio um to be able to succeed in professional football and i think jackson dart would do himself a real service by acknowledging that his stock can continue to rise by playing more games. Okay. Trey Harris as an NFL draft prospect, he has had a magnificent year. He could absolutely torch the Mississippi state secondary, which is not good. Uh, now he, I think he's got another year if he wants because of COVID. Um, but when you project Trey Harris at the next level, what do you see? A guy that's a little like Allen Robinson, if you remember that. Yes. A guy from Penn State, uh, played for the Bears, obviously really, really good player. I say that because very rarely are big, imposing receivers explosive the way Trey Harris is. Um, you know, you might get an Alshon Jeffrey, and you're going to get, you know, some of these bigger-bodied guys that uh, you know how to use their – their frame and their body control and their coordination to win when contested or they're great on the jump ball. But like, you don't have a lot of the big tall guys that can really run and they can shift gears explosively. That's where Trey Harris, I think stands out uh, to me because those guys are hard, hard to come by. Um, And so I just think, I think he's really, really good. Uh, Oh, there's no doubt he is. He's had a heck of a year. Um, All right, let's, let's go to Mississippi state coaching search. And I know I asked you about this last week, but I want to hit on something real quick. Um, 
Uh, Barry Odom is rumored to be in the mix, and I thought he did a good job at Missouri considering everything that, that went down. He had to follow a legend who got sick, sure. and the year that the legend stepped down in Gary Pinkle, and again, Pinkle was amazing, but the year that he stepped down, they were four and five and one and five in the conference when he's just, mm-hmm. you know, things just went sideways. It happens. I mean, Mike Leach died last. It just, stuff happens. So sure. Barry steps in. It's not Pinkle level, but he has a couple of winning seasons, goes to Arkansas, was phenomenal. Now he's turned UNLV around. Talk about how impressed you are that Barry Odom was able to identify someone like Brennan Marion as his offensive coordinator off Sark's staff at Texas. Well, I know this. I know that there's been a long run of consistent head coaching success with defensive head coaches that understand the offensive side of the ball. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, for a long time it was Mark D'Antonio, Gary Patterson. Bob Stoops. um, Bob Stoops, Kyle Whittingham. Those guys are all defensive guys, right? And so, you know, and and again, you could continue to to run down the list, but I think the point is that you don't have – we're in this era where you got to have an offensive guru. you got to have – you know, that's the young hotshot head coach. I – I don't agree with that. Like, I, you got to find the best football coach, right? And if he's the defensive guy, listen, UNLV, what he just did at UNLV, it's not quite the equivalent of what Jerry Kill has done at New Mexico State, but it's close. I mean, when is the last time anybody won like that at UNLV? And so I think you got to put a lot of stock into program building. you got to put a lot of stock into fam- foundation building. And when you're doing it, without a lot of the pieces of the puzzle. You're doing it without a lot of maybe the, the significant resources that, you, that you'd like to have. I think with any job, whether it's a, an Arkansas, who obviously is keeping Sam Pittman, whether it's um, Mississippi State, you have to ask yourself, do you think it's realistic if you're going to be the head coach of that program to win a championship in that conference? My answer to that question is maybe not realistic to win a championship, but I do think with the right guy, it's realistic to do what Dan Mullen did. He hit on a quarterback, recruit some trench players, have some innovation, play really good defense, and you are capable of doing what Lane's doing right now at Ole Miss. Right. But that doesn't have to be an offensive guru guy. It can be the best guy that's out there. Yeah, people aren't talking about the fact that Golding and Lane have a uh, top 45 defensive scoring efficiency defense because offense, like you said, sells tickets. We love watching it. And Lane has a top 20, you know, offensive scoring efficiency offense, but but they're doing some really good things on defense too. Yep. Um, yeah, I think Odom. So bottom line, I mean, you would think, you think Odom would be a pretty good to good hire if if that all came to fruition. Yeah. And I, and I love the fact, I love the fact that he's kind of retooled himself, right? doesn't work at Missouri. Go back. You become a coordinator, kind of reevaluate, watch how somebody else does it, live, learn, figure it all out. And then an opportunity comes and you know what? Maybe it ain't power five. Maybe it's not in the PAC 12. Maybe it's not in the SEC. It's at UNLV and you embrace it and you tackle it uh, to prove your worth. I mean, 
Isn't that kind of like an American success story in the coaching profession? Sure. You got to love that stuff. Lane had to do the same thing. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it happens. We're visiting with Tom Luganbill on the Out of Bounds Show and the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Texas A&M LSU this weekend. Texas A&M with an interim coach. Uh, the line's 11. It's at LSU. Can A&M do anything to slow down? Can they do enough to at least slow, somewhat slow down Jaden Daniels in the LSU offense? Uh, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to say because of their defensive personnel, they can. Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be uh, a difficult road to hoe for, you know, LSU to consistently just line up and run it on them. Outside of Tennessee, nobody's been able to do that, right? Um, and, and then the question is, does it turn into a track meet, which is what LSU wants it to be? I don't know if, 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 if Texas A&M can slow it down to the level that they would need to. Uh, I think this game has a ton, a ton of intrigue. Again, I think it also reveals how this Texas Tech team or Texas Texas A and M team uh, what they're made of. Uh, what's their care for the university? What's their care for winning? What type of pride do they have? Um, is this about themselves or is it about Texas A and M football when it comes to performance? So, you know, we'll see. I, I still think that L, you know LSU offensively is a real problem. And I think they'd be a real problem for just about everybody they play. Sure. Sure. Okay. This is hard to quantify, but Ohio stayed at Michigan without Harbaugh on the sideline. And people can say what they want about him. He is a phenomenal coach, San Diego, Stanford, San Francisco, Michigan. I mean, he has won everywhere and you know how hard it is to win at that San Diego pro- program. I don't even think they had scholarships. Um, no, they were non-scholarship one double A at that time. Wow. Okay, so Ohio State has more talent, but Michigan's a damn good football team, and they've got J.J. McCarthy, and it's in the big house, but they don't have Harbaugh. So handicap this one for me. Well, you know, one of the things I've been so impressed with uh, as it relates to Michigan is the maturity of the football team, the resiliency of the football team, and the fact that they don't seem to allow any of the noise, any of the negativity, any of the headlines keep into the locker room, which tells me they've got great leadership and they've got a team that doesn't care what anybody's saying about them. They just go out and play. What I saw on Saturday versus Maryland, though, kind of led me to believe that maybe the walls are closing in a little bit, like it's getting harder and harder to withstand the noise. And listen, we're dealing with 18 to 22-year-old kids. You'd have to imagine that there's going to be some problems that will arise from this. I saw, you know, some comments this past weekend about, you know, the, the difference in J.J. McCarthy since the, the suspension and how all of a sudden he's not playing to a high level. I totally disagree with that. I think Michigan has gone out and they've won in the fashion in which they've needed to, meaning that if you can run the ball, run the ball. And if you need to use J.J. McCarthy, fine, great. But if you can line up on somebody's home turf and run the ball 29 consecutive times against a ranked team, well, why are we blaming J.J. McCarthy for that? Why are we placing blame on an assistant coach that's filling in in an interim uh, uh, process for that? that listen, they're, they're going out and they're winning. The, the, I just, I'm curious to know, with everything surrounding Michigan, if this is the, the chum in the water that Ohio State needed, right? Because right now, Everything is positive with Ohio State. Everything looks good. 
they feel good. And with Michigan, it's like you're holding your breath for what's the next day's headline going to be and how devastating is it going to be and what is it going to mean? Because I think kids can they can block things out for so long, maybe eventually it starts to catch up. Yeah, and I wonder if Harbaugh, as good as he is, and he is good, if he starts to strangle it a little bit just because he's like, all right, I got to make sure that I'm telling these coaches and I'm putting so much, what are you going to do? What exactly are you going to do? You know, that type deal. Right. And they're sitting there on Saturday going, oh, God, what does Jim want me to do here? Instead of just trying to coach to the best of their ability, whatever that is. Luke's? Yeah, I, to be honest with you, I think once they get in the game, that part of it, um, you, you, you block out everything else because you're not paying attention to it. You don't have time to deal with what would Jim do. Okay. You just go out and you coach it. Now, the question, I think the fair question is, and so far they've handled it very well, and that is the analytics side of things. If you got into a close game, if you got into a two-point situation, if you got into a force and three on the plus 48 on the left hash with two minutes and 18 seconds going uh, down on the clock and you've got one timeout left, what do you do? The good news is you have the analytics book to rely on in those situations. You know, 20 years ago, you didn't have that. You know, you didn't have that luxury. True. Um, th- there needed to be one universal voice. Now the guy holding the, the book next to you can just give you the answer as you look over your shoulder, Right. And it's, it's probably the easiest and best way to go about it because you always will have something to defend and rely upon that you didn't have 15, 20 years ago with the decision maker as the head coach on the sideline that's responsible for that. Dang, that's it. Okay, real quick, does I got 20 seconds. Does Florida have a shot with what played out with Florida State last weekend? In Gainesville? Oh, I think so because you're playing at home, but they're also going to be playing with a backup quarterback. That's true with Mertz. That, that hurts them more than it hurts state fair enough uh happy thanksgiving my friend i hope you have a same to you buddy i hope you have a good one we'll talk soon thanks man you too tom luganville on the out of bounds show brought to you by ben nelson golf and outdoor go see benji nelson and the team easy go golf cars american made right there in augusta georgia Easy go golf cars for the neighborhood, for your home. Powered by Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoor. And don't forget, enjoy lunch today at Bulldog Burger. We'll see you tomorrow. It'll be a short week for us, but we'll be here tomorrow and Wednesday. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.